1: Welcome to the Bernie Network Podcast. This is the post-game show to what was an absolute snooze fest. I'm Josh Taylor, joined by Brian Murphy. And this episode is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Brian, to be honest with you, man, it seems like every week these games are getting less interesting. And it's mostly because of our offense is so boring. What would you say about the game?
0: Yeah, boring is uh, the perfect way to put it. Uh, We were talking before we we got on here that that was quite the snooze fest, and this is my favorite team in the entire world, and I was kind of trying to stay awake for it. It's just kind of how the offense has been going. It's been so blah, and I'm starting to think, you know, we'll get in. I'm sure we'll get into Scott Turner a little bit later, but I just – I'm not sure what we expect him to do with the lack of playmakers on this team. I mean, there's there's a lot to be said about calling different plays and all that, but I'm just not sure there's much there. And that was evident again on Sunday. And just, yeah, boring, bland, vanilla. Uh, you know, vanilla might actually be too, too nice. That's too that exciting. Just, yeah, you got to
1: calm down. <laughs> yeah, that,
0: there's no flavor. Vanilla is at least a flavor. Um, so, yeah, just blah.
1: Yeah, to be honest with you, you know, going from that Alabama game, shout out to Alabama by the way, on Saturday, like watching that offense and then going to this professional offense, it's like a culture shock to me. I'm like, holy crap, like I'm not anticipating any big plays ever happening unless McLaurin catches like a seven yard slant and just takes it eighty yards to the house. Or I'm sure Gibson will break one eventually, but there is nothing about this offense that just screams we can take the top off the defense. We can break loose and get some home run play that Ron keeps talking about. One of these screens, one of these slants is going to turn into a home run play. It seems like we get like one every three, four weeks. So let's go ahead and talk about the offense. You said you want to talk about Scott Turner, so let's do it. Are you kind of you know fed up with the offense? Because we talked about with Haskins, we felt like it was a little... "Quote unquote, not to be rude, but dumbed down for him, um, and trying to get the basics done." But Kyle Allen supposedly knows the system. So, are you kind of pointing more at Scott Turner now, or what do you think is the reason for it being so boring?
0: Well, look, I'm not. I don't claim to be some big film guy, and maybe you know there are some open openings that I think Kyle Allen could have hit. You know, there were some throws that he could have had back, but I'm starting to think that scott turner's calling what he has to call i just don't think they have any playmakers i don't think they have guys that can get open and do the things he would like to do and, you know and there's something to be said about adjusting to that there's something to be said about uh figuring it out with what you have because a lot of you know there aren't there aren't 11 playmakers on every offense you know what i mean like yeah you're, you're gonna have to deal with an, a, a bad wide receiver here and there but i just I don't know that he, he has what he's looking for. I don't think he has the talent to do what he wants to do. So, you know, the, the film guys, you know, maybe there is something that's missing there. Maybe there's stuff that would have worked. But I just when I see that, that that Terry McLaurin and Antonio Gibson are literally the only two guys with J.D. McKissick sprinkled in, the only two to three guys that can make anything happen. I'm not sure it would matter what Scott Turner was calling. I'm not sure it would matter if we have a, a – a, a pro caliber quarterback in there I, I don't think it would matter because I don't think there are guys that can get open I don't think they're guys that can create separation it's just you're working with an empty cupboard and so I'm not sure if I'm going to put a whole lot of it on Scott Turner could he could he draw some different things up I'm sure he could but I just don't know that the guys have the talent to, to make anything happen so I don't know that you can can judge anybody based on this offense I will say that it seemed like Kyle Allen was getting into a little bit of a rhythm, as much of a rhythm as you can get into with, with having 13 points most of the game. Um, that, that sack fumble was brutal, obviously, oh, was yes. the game-changing play. But he seemed to be getting into a little bit of a rhythm. I mean, he almost had 300 yards, and I know stats aren't everything. The two touchdown throws were beautiful. Um I don't know that you can put it on anybody. I think they're just asking guys that aren't talented enough to try to make things happen, and they're they're not able to.
1: Yeah, and uh, we've talked about it, and the debate is still who's the starting quarterback, you know, is it Haskins Is Allen? Is Allen a long-term quarterback? Absolutely not. I am 100% sold that our quarterback of the future is in this draft. Um, I think Kyle Allen is a solid backup. But like you said, I, I will give him kudos. That touchdown pass to Logan Thomas was probably the best throw of his professional career. Dropped it right where it needs to be. Uh, like that, That's the kind of throws that we need. Um, the one to Cam Sims. Huge shout-out to Cam, too, because that's a guy. I've been watching him since the Under Armour All-American game. Uh, went to Alabama, just always been injured. So it was, that was honestly like the highlight of the game for me, just seeing him finally get uh, what he's been working for. But... Like you said, just this offense, I'm not sure what it is. The only complaint I have, and I've said it before, is just why are we not going downfield at least once a game? I I was trying yeah. to find a stats just now on my phone because mm-hmm. I seen it earlier on Twitter, but not a single one of Kyle Allen's passes went past twenty yards. I think it said like um, out of the thirty one, like ten were either at the line of scrimmage or behind it, which is pretty bad to be honest with you. And the rest of them were within the line of scrimmage and like 10 yards out. So, mm-hmm. to me, it's just I'm, I'm, I'm confused why. And you can't sit here and tell me, you know, we don't have too many weapons. I know. I'm not expecting Inman to, you know, take the top off like Tyreek Hill. But we've seen Terry do it before. And to me, that's the only threat. Like, you're more comfortable doing that slant to Terry and just praying to God he can break off his 70-yarder. Instead of going deep at least once. Like, I understand it could be picked off. It's a dangerous play. But still, you have to be aggressive. So, to me, that's my only complaint. Um, like you said, yeah. outside of that, we just don't have any weapons. And it seems like we had some people banged up, uh, too. Apparently, Isaiah Wright was banged up. I wasn't sure that even happened. And then AGG, who has been hurt so far most of the season, is also banged up. Uh, and a guy that we were looking forward to, Sadiq Charles, he said he'll be okay. I think he's out, like, three weeks Um, what do you think about the O-line? I I haven't really talked about Sadiq Charles with you. I was hyped to see him. Um, It didn't last long, so how disappointed were you in that?
0: Yeah, that was pretty frustrating. I was looking for uh, something big out of him. You know, it it was his first game and, uh, you know, I think that was just a lack of reps, a lack of live bullets, and, you know, um, it's just tough because you don't know what you got in him still and he's about to miss, like you said, uh, at least a couple of weeks, and that'll take us at least halfway through the season and we don't know what we've in him. And there were talks about him potentially being your left tackle of the future. And right now, at least the left guard of the future. So just a, a lot of question marks. And I think that we've been saying that from the beginning of the year, we said we were kind of, you know, I remember doing shows right before the start of the season saying we were terrified about that left side of the line and that hasn't changed. I think that Wes whites are coming in is still an upgrade over Wes Martin. So oh, yeah. I, I think that'll be good. I think these guys just need to be able to play a little bit together, have, you know, the same five guys running out there every time, which hasn't happened at all this season. So yeah, I don't know what we have with the offensive line. And that's a, that's a huge part. It definitely is a huge part when you've got that many moving parts, you're on your second, sorry, third quarterback now uh, of the season. Um, you know, it's hard to, to judge a lot, especially with that O line banged up. Yeah. Uh, and Isaiah Wright, like you said, getting banged up. You know, he had four catches. He, he's made a couple of plays. As much as you can make a play in this offense, he's he's made some noise. And so that would be bad. I saw the play. It looked like to me that it could be a collarbone. I, yeah, I don't want right to speculate. Side. Yeah, yeah. He was he was being walked off the field like it like he couldn't move his arm, and if he did, it would be super painful. So we'll see, man, because that's another playmaker down. A G G hasn't done much, but that's another wide receiver. So, all of a sudden, you're going to be down to about Terry McLaurin, uh, Dontrell Inman, and Cam Sims, if I'm thinking correctly, about healthy wide receivers. Yeah. I mean, you're just going to have to pull up another guy. If it's Tony Brown, I don't know if he's still around. You get another free agent off the street. I mean, just it just goes to show the lack of playmakers and the lack of, lack of depth. Um, I, you mentioned You mentioned Kyle Allen being a backup quarterback, and I was sitting here thinking, I'm like, some of these guys would be great depth pieces. Like, I think Logan Thomas would be a solid – second tight end oh yeah you know when you when you throw it his way every now and then he's six five six six or whatever he can make a play every now and then but when he's asked to be the tight end to be out there every snap he's just not that kind of guy i think that that this offense especially is just full of guys that would be solid depth pieces but they're being asked to be every down players and that's just not who they are it just shows how much how much is left in this rebuild how much there is to go before this team is competitive
1: Yeah, we have a bunch of backups playing, to be honest with you. Um, Now, with one thing that Ron said is, you know, um, we're going to be pulling up guys from the practice squad to help out with wide receivers. But one question I had that I wanted to ask you is trade deadline is November 3rd, I think. Um, This is something I've been thinking about. First, I want to ask you kind of the opening to it. Do you think we're going to be buyers or sellers uh, come uh, November 3rd?
0: Uh, I don't know there's any reason to buy because I don't see this team competing even in the NFC awful, the NFC least, whatever you (laughs) want to call it. I just don't see this team uh, doing much uh, this season. That being said, I could see them being like buyers for the future. Does that make sense? Maybe going and getting a guy like uh, David Njoku, who's unhappy in Cleveland, going and getting a guy that will help you down the line. I could see that for buying for the future, but as far as this year, I think you try to see if you can get something for a Ryan Anderson. See as much as it would hurt to see if you could get something for Ryan Kerrigan, because I don't see you doing much this season. So there's no point in trying to add a guy that's just going to help you get from one win to three wins. I just don't think that that's that's smart. I think you got to be thinking about the future and and you got to be trying to collect draft picks or collect a guy on a contract that's around for a few more years that that would be the only uh buy quote unquote that I would make
1: yeah I don't see us really buying anything um I'll agree with you I was thinking about this today actually because um like you said the whole David Njoku thing came up I said I would give up Brian Anderson I think that's a pretty equal trade um the only thing that concerns me is Njoku's health which uh he's been banged up a good bit but still could possibly be a good tight end for us, uh, but honestly, I'm looking at three guys. You named one, uh, Kerrigan. I know he's having a great season right now. You know he's made plays. He only had like seven or eight snaps on Sunday. Like he didn't have many at all, yeah. um, and he still had a sack. But I think he's a good guy. You can sell him with the stock being high right now because you know he's passed the record. That was the whole like, oh, let him pass. Dexter Manley's sack record, blah blah blah, franchise, ring of fame, whatever. That's done. That's out. I think that he's one of those guys that's you know not going to be around much longer. Trade him while the stock's high. Get something for him. Let him go win a ring right now in this season. And someone that's like in a win now mode. Um, and then like I said, Anderson and I could see even Brandon Sheriff because um, I'm not I'm not comfortable paying him um, I mean, that max money that he's going to be wanting. So to me, that's three guys. realistically, do you think we're going to make any kind of big moves in the next week or two?
0: I don't know if they will. I, I wish maybe maybe for uh, you know the preview pod this week I'll look into what Ron Rivera's done as far as trades, yeah. but I'm not sure. You know, Brandon Sheriff makes a lot of sense because it's an expiring contract. But do they do they risk? I don't know. He he might be your best offensive lineman. They might sign him anyway, just for the fact that he is. You have who he is. To, uh, cool. Yeah, they just uh, they might just have to. But I agree with you. I'm not. I don't feel comfortable giving him a huge contract. I think Ryan Kerrigan. He's having a solid year. I'm with you. I think you try to try to look into that. I would hate to see him go. He's ha- he's provided so many great memories for the team. But you got to do what's best for the future. And I, I think we can agree that Ryan Kerrigan's not part of the long term solution. He's just you know he's past thirty. He's "Quote unquote over the hill," and like you said, I think he can be a situational pass rusher for a contender. I think he makes a lot of sense, and I think he's like you said—you got to strike while the iron's hot. While he's had a couple of sacks, he he had the only sack on Sunday. Uh, I think he could go somewhere and and be that. You know, Chris Long, you know, that uh, yeah. Dwight Freeney kind of guy that plays, you know, a third of the game but has an impact play here or there. He's not asked to do too much. So Ryan Kerrigan's the one that makes a whole lot of sense for me if they were to do it. And honestly, I would take even a middle-round pick. I don't know that you need a player or anything special back for him. I You know, just get another pick because this team needs – a lot and they 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 could use some picks to to fill in some of these holes and so yeah ryan kerrigan makes the most sense to me i'm still intrigued by what ryan anderson brings i don't know if they're using him correctly or where they're using him or how much they're using him but um if they could they could package ryan kerrigan for uh, i'm sorry ryan anderson for some sort of player i'd be on board with that but i think ryan kerrigan makes the most sense out of those three for me
1: yeah, and um, one thing that I said going out of training camp was how Ryan Anderson enjoyed this new defense because he was allowed to just get after the quarterback. So if you move a guy like Kerrigan, it kind of opens up the door for a guy like Ryan Anderson, who you've seen a lot of flashes of, especially at the end of last season, really lets him kind of open up and do his thing, and you see what you have in him. Um, so, I mean, I think realistically you get like a third for Kerrigan. Yeah. Um, Anderson, yeah. like I said, I think the would be pretty equal for him.
0: Yeah, I, I think Kerrigan. You could try to get somebody to offer you maybe a round earlier than you'd like, just because you know what he has to offer, uh, and and he you might be able to say, hey, look, he's he's still got some bullets left in the in the chamber, and and you know, send us send us a third instead of a fourth, or a fourth instead of a fifth. I'm with you. I think a middle round pick would be perfect.
1: Yeah, I just wanted to talk about that because I haven't really seen much of anybody actually talking about it. And here it is, what, uh, October 19th. So we really only have two weeks left to the deadline. And this is where these teams are kind of saying, okay, we have a chance to really make a run at this. We just have a few pieces that we need, like that Jason Pierre-Paul guy that can come in, make some uh, plays, especially on defense. So I haven't really heard anyone talk about it, and I feel like we're not going to be buying anything. And good lord, Twitter's going to explode if next week we trade Ryan Kerrigan for like a third-round pick. People already want Ron Rivera fired, and I can't even imagine what the, the old die-hard Redskins fans are going to say if we get rid of Kerrigan. Um, but I definitely want to talk about the two-point conversion, talking about Ron Rivera. Were you a fan of it? Do you think we should have went for it? Or do you ride into overtime with that very slight momentum that you got?
0: I uh, I said ha, I and I didn't expect it. I did not expect Washington to march down the field and score a touchdown. So kudos to Kyle Allen, kudos to the offense for making that happen. But I said, should they do it? And this is you know two minutes left or whatever it is before it even happened. I was like, I think you go for two. So I was all for the the call. I liked it. I don't think that you know a you're leaving it up to chance with the coin flick, obviously. But I don't think that the offense would have been able to hang with the Giants as sad as that sounds like I don't think the offense had enough in them to go down and have back-to-back scoring drives like they barely mustered out two touchdowns in the whole game and we wanted to send the offense back out there in overtime I just think that you go for the win there I think you, you you know we can argue for me we can argue the play call we can say you know there was a bad play call to roll out to the left and you know cut the field in half but um, I like the call, man. I like going for the win, uh, especially in a crappy division, you know. Uh, and I like what he said to to what did he say? You know, to learn to win, you've got to go for the win or something like that. Whatever he said, the quote was. I really like that. So uh, I, I had no problems with it. I didn't second guess it. Um, you know, he would have looked like a genius had it worked out. It's just the way it is. So I, I have no problem with that. Um, that overtime's a total crap shoot so who knows if you even get the ball so yeah yeah, again yeah yeah and so i i have no issues with it and i i i I think it was fine i think you're going for the win and that was kind of what he did all game he had a couple of risky moves that paid off earlier why not go for the win at the end there i had no problems with it
1: yeah i'm completely fine with it i love the call um and you can play at both sides. Like I said, if we get that, you all are going to be praising Ron and saying that was the best decision ever. You ride that momentum. You go for it because you just scored. Everyone's hype. You just want to feed off of that. You don't want to go into overtime and just pray to God you can get a stop and then that yeah. your offense can move even farther. You, a two-point conversion, you're at the, what, two-yard line? Right. It, yeah. it was a miracle we even moved down the field that like that. And that's thank God remember. their defense gave us extra plays with all the penalties The pass interference, the roughing, the kicker. Our offense, I mean, we would have scored probably, what, like 12 points if it wasn't for the flags and stuff like that. And the Giants' offense was terrible. So I can see you playing it both ways. Look, our defense was great. Daniel Jones, 12 for 19. Good Lord, that's, that's terrible when you read it out loud. 112 yards passing, a touchdown interception. Somehow knocked out 74 rushing yards on us. Um, so I can see both ways. You know, Fuller had that pick. Defense has some flashes. We kind of held them to only that one touchdown, which was a uh, fumble recovery for a touchdown in the second half. So our defense was lights out in the second half. But still, you're at the two yard line. If you can't get that, then like something's wrong. You go for that. Yeah, you're,
0: exactly. Like you
1: said, you're going to overtime. You're flipping the coin and praying to God we can have some kind of momentum. One screen goes to the house. That's what you're going for. Right. So. I'm fine with it. I saw a lot of people going against it saying Ron Rivera was wrong for that. His name's not Riverboat Ron for nothing.
0: Exactly. I agree.
1: How many times have we gone for it on fourth down this season? like five yeah, six like,
0: times? Oh yeah, it might be more than that. I thought with that before the fourth down after, after the uh the rough and the punter, I think they said they were like six for nine, so they might even have gone for it double digits at this point, so I yeah, think we're
1: better this, on fourth down than third down.
0: I mean, honestly, dude. I mean, that sounds crazy, but I think it's 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 true. We might as well just go for it on fourth down and see what happens. I mean, with how bad this team has been, I, I liked it, man. We I didn't want to have to sit through another, as sad as it sounds. I didn't want to have to sit through another offensive drive. I was totally fine with going for it, trying to leave it all on the line. So I think that's the least of this team's issues was whether or not they went for two there. There there are plenty other issues that we can talk about with, with with Washington. I think the two point conversion was a good call and I think you you try to capitalize on your momentum there
1: it's third and long the quarterback's got to shave some yards off here to have any chance to score let's see what he does he drops back he has a guy downfield but he doesn't see him he tries to hand the ball off to a cheap razor boom he's nicked in the sack it's a fumble and the ball is going the other way that one's gonna hurt for a while what in the world was he thinking Let's go to the monitors and see exactly what went wrong. You know, this offseason, his coaches at Manscaped enhanced the lawnmower 3.0 offense to a whopping 7,000 RPM motor with quiet stroke technology. They gave him all the chances he had to get that safe, clean cut up the sideline with the cutting edge ceramic blade, but instead he got nicked on the sack by a rusty defense. If he would have used the LED light that comes with the 3.0, there is no doubt he would have been able to see his playing field much better. Looks like he's going to be going over to the sideline with his Manscaped coaches, grab the tablet, see what went wrong, and if he's smart, he's going to go over to manscaped.com and use the code BNP20 to save 20% off his entire cart with free shipping. That's right use code BNP20 to save 20% off your entire card with free shipping. Don't keep making the same mistakes and give your balls a clean pocket next time. And there's no doubt, the result will be a touchdown. So we talked about Kyle Allen, you know, we're giving him till that second Giants game, seeing how he's performed. How would you kind of how would you sum up of what you've thought so far of how he's looked, in, uh, especially this Sunday cuz that's where we saw him the most.
0: Yeah, I I, serviceable, man. Like, I think that he's uh, certainly not going to build around him. I think you said earlier on that he's a backup quarterback, and I think that's what he is. But a backup quarterback is about the best you've got on this roster right now to me. So I think you keep rolling with him. I think it allows the offense to kind of see who they have. Um, You know, we, we know they have Terry McLaurin. We know they have Antonio Gibson. But uh, I think it also allows you, with Kyle Allen out there, um, to see what else they have as far as depth pieces. You know, he did have two turnovers, which were bad, but um, you know, I think he's fine. I think you got to keep rolling with him, and I think that he showed some some upside. Like you said, the the two touchdown passes were two of his best throws, and uh, you know, I think there's more of that, and uh, I think he gives you the best shot i don't I don't know that this team has a shot to win, but he gives you the best shot to to do well. so I, i'm I'm with it, you know, uh, keep giving him, like you said, at least through the Giants game and see where where we are from there.
1: I'll say that he does some things really well and then he does some things really bad. I don't think he reads the field well, um, but like you said, you see in those two touchdown passes what he could possibly do. And, like, if you look at the stat line, it's really not bad. 31-42, two eighty-two touchdowns, one interceptions. Like, I know we have a pretty low bar, um, and it's kind of saying, well, like, what what is successful as a quarterback to us Washington fans who have no idea what that looks like? And, like, to me, you want someone who can get you in position to win games, and I feel like he did that. I feel like he drove down the field when he needed to. We just couldn't capitalize it, like you said. But then you have that strip sack. Like, we wouldn't have been in that hole if it wasn't for that strip sack. So, to me, like you said, he's he's serviceable. Is he the, the quarterback of the future? Absolutely not. Now, my question for you is, do you think we ride him out to the rest of the season? Or do you think Haskins makes another appearance?
0: Uh, I don't want to sit on the fence, but I wouldn't be shocked either way. I think if he has some bad turnovers, like you said, not reading the field well, throwing multiple interceptions a game, turning the ball over multiple times a game, um, then they, they certainly look at um, Dwayne Haskins again. I don't think you can let Alex Smith back out there again. I, I, I think he's out of the equation. So to me, it's Kyle Allen or Dwayne Haskins. So, yeah, I think if it, it, it goes downhill, I think we certainly see Dwayne Haskins again. But right now I would say you just ride with Kyle Allen and you keep going and see what you got in him, because honestly, I think he, no matter what they do next year, whatever quarterback they bring in, you know, I've heard Cam Newton, obviously I've heard draft a quarterback, I think Kyle Allen's going to be your backup next year. I think he, out of the three quarterbacks on the roster, I would say he's most likely to make it into next year. So I'd love to see what my backup quarterback has and know who I'd have in a pinch next year. So I, I certainly would roll with him right now unless he becomes the turnover machine that we saw last year in Carolina, then you got to pull him and you got to let Dwayne get some more reps. But uh, right now I'd roll with Kyle.
1: It's interesting you said that because I've never thought about it that way. You know, I think he is for sure our backup quarterback going to next season. So just letting him keep getting experience and, you know, being that backup and so you know what you have. Um, Cause I think, I think Dwayne's done. And I said this on Twitter, I feel like, if Haskins is healthy, he has to be your backup. But he's not. Right. He's inactive. So, like, what else, What? What all is there? Like, to me, that just says we're completely done with the Haskins. You know, like, because we know we have an Alex Smith. Like, we know who he is. We know what he can do. But, like, with that contract, he's got to be gone.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: He's got to be gone next season. Uh, so, yeah, to me, it's so like, too. why is Haskins not the backup?
0: Yeah. Are we keeping them um,
1: safe for something? Is it because of a trades coming? Like, what kind of like to me that it, that says Ron says I'm done with Haskins. He's third string. He's inactive. He's not yeah, even the it, backup.
0: Yeah, it is interesting. You would think you would at least have him out there, and then if something happens, you're at least able to play him to showcase him for a trade. But you're right. I think that I think Ron's done. I think he gave him the shot. Um, it didn't last long. We can argue if the the shot was long enough and all that, but. Um, yeah man I think he, he just realized he had a first round quarterback and obviously you're going to give a first round quarterback in his second year the, the chance to start but I think whatever it is through practice through uh, his attitude all of it kind of combined in one I think Ron saw all he needed to see and I, I'm, I'm with you man I think that I think that he he's done and unless Kyle Allen just wets the bed down the stretch I don't know that Ron really feels the need to go back to to Dwayne Haskins, which is just crazy to think about where we started this season. But I think it is what it is. I think I think he it wasn't his guy. He didn't draft him. He gave him a shot. Maybe it wasn't long enough. Maybe it wasn't fair. We can argue that. But I, I think in those four weeks he saw all he needed to see, and I'm with you. If he felt like he had a, some value to the team, he would at least dress on game day, and he's not even doing that.
1: Yeah, that's, to me that's the thing I've been thinking about most, like what – What is the plan with Haskins? And I'll segue this into something we were talking about before we recorded. What do you think is the plan? Because there's a lot of people talking about what is Ron's plan? We're hearing one thing. We're seeing another. But he's saying his message has been consistent all season. He hasn't changed anything. I am trying to figure out what the end goal is for this team that goes out on the field every Sunday at the end of the season. Like, what? What's the end result that we're working for? Are we just trying to ride this out to the draft? Are I think, we developing young guys? Like, what do you what do you think?
0: I think that, uh, you know, every coach is going to say they want to win. Uh, obviously, I think every coach, every player wants to win on Sundays, Mondays, Tuesdays, Thursdays, whenever they play football nowadays. I think every coach, every player wants to win. But I, I'd be willing to say or guess that Ron Rivera in his back of his mind that winning is second right now, because I think he's trying to see who he has on this roster. I think we're seeing guys being shuffled around. We saw the linebackers shuffle around. We saw the Everett get the start at safety. We've seen the quarterbacks already. Yeah. We've seen, you know, Antonio Gibson only played about a third of the snaps on Sunday. I think Ron Rivera is just in evaluation mode. I think that he's trying to see who he has out of these guys, who he has, that are going to be contributors long-term. And to him, the the result, the scoreboard, is secondary. You know, which sounds crazy, but I think he knows this team is not very good. I think they surprised some people week one. I think they could very easily be 0 for right now, 0 for 6. And so I think he's just evaluating this team. And I think that, you know, the wins or the losses don't really matter to him. He has the the big picture, the long-term picture in mind. And I think that... um, I think that he wants to see who he's got, uh, you know, who who's a depth guy, who's a starter, who's a stud that I can count on for years to come. I think 2020, the ship has already sailed. And it sounds crazy, not even halfway through the season, but I really don't know that the results matter to Ron right now. And that, that's kind of dawning on me. The more the decisions just kind of seem all over the place, I think he's just kind of seeing, throwing some different situations out there and seeing how his guys respond. And, you know, win or lose, he doesn't really care. He just wants to see how they respond and what what he's got when he sends his team out there.
1: Yeah, this does have like an audition kind of feel. Um, and I like what you said there at the end, just different situations, like with timeouts, no timeouts, going for two, going forward on fourth down. It lets you see what you have, and it puts your players in certain positions and see how they respond. The one big thing with a new coach is the old regime and – the new coach and there's a huge clash if you know if you really take a look at it with the offense and the defense I think this offseason there's gonna be a lot of guys and I mean we saw some get cut out already before the season started like with uh Trey Quinn and some of those guys that got cut out that yeah. were all um you know Jay guys so I think we're gonna see more of that in the upcoming season but he's really just trying to build his team for the future He's yeah. I, I think you know if, if the situation allows it where he can go for a win, of course he's going to go for it. You don't want to be, you know, one in 15 then the season. Right. He's going to go for two um if if the, you know, situation's there he can win the game. But at the same time if it's out of reach, he doesn't want to put her, his players in harm. He doesn't want to, you know, go for something that's, you know, not reachable and like a win that's kind of far out there. So But I just, I don't know. It's really hard for me on Sundays to be like, what exactly are we trying to do? Like, obviously, we're trying to win the game. But I just don't see, like, what exactly we're getting out of this. I don't see the offense opening up. I see guys getting benched. Like you said, some auditions. I see guys rotating. Do you think we do more of that with, you know, rotating people in, benching more people? What do you think Ron's kind of thinking right now?
0: Yeah, I think it continues to be an audition. I think he's in evaluation mode six games into the season. And, um, you know, I think the writing's on the wall. I mean, even in a bad division, you looked bad against a winless team that you should be competing against. And no, I know you almost beat them, but still, at the end of the day, you didn't. And uh, I think he's just in evaluation mode. I think we might see some a couple of different wrinkles in, you know, offense and defense just to see, again, who he's got you know, I think, like you said earlier, he might bring up some practice squad guys, see if they're a part of the future. I just don't think, you know, again, he won't say it publicly, but I don't think the results matter to him this year. It, it Definitely not at one and five, because, I mean, I don't know how they could matter all that much. What is a win going to do for you at this point? You know, I know you're still somewhat, quote unquote, in the division race, but what's a, what's a second or third win going to do for you? Like, I, I don't know that you're I don't know. And it sounds crazy to say that wins don't matter because they obviously do. But I think that he – this wasn't about 2020. I I think this is about the long term and trying to build a sustainable, successful franchise. And I think he's building the roots for that and finding out what his foundation pieces are.
1: Yeah, I mean he said before the season, like, we're looking – like this team's going to need a couple years. He set that expectation. He wasn't like – which once again he kind of goes back like we're not like expecting to just be winning now like this team needs time, um, mm-hmm. but he kind of saw that little taste of you know a chance to win the division. I think he did kind of jump on it, um, but now I think reality is starting to really set in. If you can't beat the Giants, something's wrong. So a yeah. question that I brought up on Twitter was: Do you honestly think, based off of how we performed this Sunday, do you think we win a game the rest of the season?
0: Ugh. I would be surprised. I mean, I think you're going to be able to hang with the Giants again. I think that, you know, the Bengals are coming up. You could definitely beat them as much as Joe Burrow could light you up. I still could see them hanging with a bad Bengals team. Um, who knows how banged up the Eagles are at the end of the season? Do you get a cheap win the last game of the season? But, yeah, it doesn't look great. I don't think you have any shot against the Cowboys. Uh, who Maybe the Lions – Steelers 49ers Seahawks are going to be brutal man yeah it'll be tough I I would definitely I would definitely think the best number there would be one and a half because I don't think you get two games I would I would hit the under at one and a half I think you could maybe steal one maybe two but yeah I'd be shocked if they had more than uh three and man I'd be shocked if they had three wins this year
1: I'm about to say winning two more the rest of the season is impressive like yeah. you said, you got Cowboys next. I think they kill us. Um, people say, well, they have Andy Dalton. I think we'll see tonight, you know, what they're going to mm-hmm. really look like. Giants, possibly. I mean, they played terrible Sunday, and they still beat us. Your mm-hmm. quarterback's got 112 yards, and you beat us? Like, really? Um yeah. Lions, they're not bad. Matt Stafford's a beast. He can light up our defense. Um, they beat the Jaguars, Cardinals, um, hung with the Bears. So they're not they're not that bad. That'll be Adrian Peterson's, like, quote-unquote revenge game on us. Watch him bust 200 on us.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Joe Burrow and the Bengals, possibly our defense can kind of rattle him and, you know, throw them off the yeah. field. But There's error being the Steelers, 49ers, Seahawks, Panthers, and, like I said, maybe the Eagles, if they even have a team, they might have to forfeit. Yeah. Um, but I can understand anything can happen on any given Sunday. But like we have to be realistic. Like this team is so bad.
0: Yeah, and we haven't even talked about. I mean, we've mentioned the defense, but I don't know what Jack Del Rio is doing, man. Maybe that's part of the plan too. That Ron wants to see different guys in there, and Jack Del Rio is not getting to call exactly what he wants to. But. That sack by Kerrigan when Montez Sweat and Chase Young aren't even in the game, man. Like, yeah. what? What? How does that make sense? Your two young pass rushers aren't in on third down. Like, how does? You know, the more and more, you know, I'm I'm getting frustrated with the defense. I was I was willing to give them a pass in the Rams game when the offense did nothing for you, but this past week was just kind of frustrating with the defense. You know, they they. They held down a little bit, had the big pick by Kendall Fuller, who's a beast, who oh, yeah. is, is maybe the one bright spot on this team right now. But um, the defense has been frustrating, too. You know, you mentioned all these good offenses. Earlier in the season, I would have said, well, yeah, our defense is going to keep them in check. But I don't believe that anymore. They're getting gashed on the run game. They're getting hit over the top by big plays. It's frustrating to watch. And I thought the defense was going to be a strong suit of this team, you know, a strength of this team, and they they haven't been. So, you know, there's a lot to be frustrated about, but the defense has been relatively healthy outside of Ionitis and uh, they've been disappointing uh, to say the least.
1: Yeah, I think they were a little better this game. I mean, you, you would have held the Giants. You know, if it wasn't for that sack fumble, to 13 points, and like in the NFL nowadays, like that's good. That's sure, solid. Yeah. Um, I'll say that Everett to me for sure looked better than Abke. Would you agree?
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, I I wrote that down. I think the Shazer Everett, just maybe from his time on special teams, is the best tackling safety on the team. Um, You know, he might not have the speed or the size, but he makes up for it because when he finds a guy, he's going to bring him down. And so I'd love to see uh, Everett out there way more often uh, than Apke ever again. (laughs) I saw
1: people questioning what Chase Young did on that game. Um, to me, I think he had a great game. He wasn't out there a ton because we're kind of like getting him back from injury, but like, he was absolutely the reason for that interception. Oh yeah, he was for in sure. Daniel Jones' face like that's not gonna stop him on the, the stat sheet, but you've got to actually watch the game. Um, and then Drawn Payne to me had a lights out game. He was getting yeah. off his blocks so well. We need Smackin everybody to do
0: down. that. Yeah, he he was the one bright spot on the D line that otherwise was getting gashed again for. Uh, by the Giants running the football, I think they had 130 something yards rushing. Yeah. And um uh, other than Duron Payne, that that D line was kind of frustrating to see them just getting pushed out of the way. But uh, give me give me five, six, seven, eight more Duron Payne's out there because that guy's a beast.
1: I will say the the most impressive stat of Sunday. This is gonna be sad to say. Evan Ingram only 30 yards, two yeah. catches. They must have been yep. listening to us uh, with our previous show because we said Evan Ingram was going to light us up. But, yeah, Freeman and obviously the Daniel Jones' feet, to me that was kind of inexcusable. Um, but you got to give and take. Uh, but overall, like I'm happy with the performance on the defense Sunday, but I think coming up we're going to really see, like you said, Cowboys. Yeah, it's a different team. Then we get the Giants again. Then we kind of go into some offensive teams like the Steelers, 49ers. You don't know what we're going to get with Kittle. Um, so I think that's really going to be our biggest test coming up. Um, mm-hmm. And one thing I want to talk about is something that uh, we've talked about a little bit um, privately, and that is with our mini-series coming up. We talk about what the future of this team looks like. And to me, there's a lot of people talking on Twitter, and I probably because I get started a lot of the time, talking about, like, who could possibly be our quarterback of the future? Who who could we get at wide receiver? Like we obviously need help. We talk every Sunday about how bad this team is, and to me, mm-hmm. the draft process is season long. It starts when that first game of the college season starts. Like you can't just jump in April and say, "Okay, this is what we have for a draft." Let's just go down and just pick best available. This is not your fantasy football draft. So something that we're doing. Um, me, Brian, and even Adam and Eva coming on. I've got a lot of guests lined up. Um, we're going to be breaking down some college players, doing just a mini-series called Drafting Burgundy, um, looking at some possible future guys. Did it this offseason, me and Adam did. And, dude, we predicted Gibson coming to us. We predicted AGG coming to us in our mock draft. Like, we broke it down. Um, had a lot of success from it, but I just feel like that's another part of this team that's going to be long-term. So Mm -hmm. I think that's just as important as what we talk about now. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, I've got Jordan Reed, not the tight end, but uh, (laughs) my quarterback guru from Draft Network, uh, huge guy on Twitter. He's agreed to come on. Jason Campbell, former quarterback for Washington, uh, looking forward to having him on even though he is an Auburn alumni. Um, I told him I would let it slide. Um, so I'm looking hey, forward to that. Hey, former Skins
0: player, so you hey. got to give him that at least. <laughs> He's half and half. Yeah.
1: Uh, so I'm looking forward to that. But we're going to start that during the bye week because we don't have a game, and I feel like that's a good time to kick it off. Um, have a good bit of film that I'm going to be watching over this week. Uh, I'm excited. We already know what Adam brings, being my scout guy. So uh, I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. I think, you know, to me, it's sad to say, but it seems like we're always off-season champions.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're, we're I think – This team is already looking to the future, so we might as well too. So it makes a lot of sense. I'm looking forward to it as well.
1: Yeah, I mean, we don't have much to show for on Sundays. And obviously, like, there's the question, are we tanking for Trevor right now? Or are we actually trying to win games? Are we rooting for the Jets to win? And I'm excited to talk about that because I'm the biggest Clemson hater. But I swear I would cut off at least a toe to land Trevor (laughs) Lawrence in D.C. And to the people that say one quarterback's not going to change a franchise, ask the Chiefs.
0: Yep. Ask the I mean, Ravens. Ask the ask the Colts, man. Like Andrew Luck turned that team oh, around yeah. immediately. And they were a pretty I mean, bad team. Yeah.
1: They didn't have yep. people, but a good quarterback makes everyone around you better. LeBron Absolutely. James makes everyone around him better. Absolutely. So I'm looking forward to it. we have more coming up with that. Um getting the graphics and everything done. Going to even be doing some live shows, video feeds, stuff like that. I've already been cranking out some graphics for y'all with my uh, draft crush, Zach Wilson from BYU. Uh, shout out to his dad for liking the post. I tried to hit him up to talk to Zach. So we'll see if we can get that going. But I'm looking forward to it. So stay tuned for that. Thursday, we got to break down the rivalry game Dallas, Washington. We don't have Santana Moss. So hopefully someone else can step yeah. up and be the cowboy killer. Uh, but. little little, uh sneak peek i don't see it happening um i'm trying to think who should we get on for that show like should we should we go in-house should we reach out like mitch
0: yeah we might have to
1: yeah because i don't know if i can talk to like a a cowboy podcast they're probably just as obnoxious as the fan base
0: yeah yeah i'd be fine just talking with uh with one of our guys play it safe
1: Maybe even Lake Lewis. We'll uh, reach out and see who we can get on. But stay tuned for that on Thursday. And looking forward to breaking down the uh, game between Kyle Allen and the ginger gunslinger Andy Dalton. So we will see you all Thursday.